Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out. The bad seed, a broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad actors, bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad bread, bad attitude, bad vibes. It's the FOTB Retropod, son. Everybody's doing it. They just won't admit it. How about these shows I keep kicking out for you? I'm losing weight. I mean, they are gold and rock star status. Think about it. Uh, these are like my entire career, and we just keep kicking them out one after the next, and they are truly unbelievable. In fact, I think I was better then than I am now. It's crazy, honestly. I think I was better looking then, too. Maybe not. I could be better looking now, come to think of it. So anyway, uh, I want to talk about uh, this show for you. Here's what I got on it. It's going to blow your mind. The first part of it is with Terry Francona. This is from January of 2008. And he's already won two titles in Boston with the Red Sox. So that's kick-ass. And then I got Sparky Anderson from October of 2006 talking about everything, the Tigers, Daryl Evans, you name it. And then how about the coup de gras, my boy Chipper Jones. From April of 2007, a two-parter talking about Shea Stadium in part one and part two, talking about playing in Atlanta his whole career. You're going to love it. It's the FOTB Retro Pod. Check out. Well, I'm just thrilled to have Terry Francona on the Pharrell Show. Imagine that. A guy from New York finally breaks down and talks to the manager of the Red Sox uh, without any angst. I love that theory. What a way to start the new year. I'm all friendly with the skipper of the Bo Sox. Now, now, hey, stay out of this over there, you booing idiots. I got people. Can you believe this, Terry? Shut up in the back. Now, listen, Terry. You that won't... sounds like me when I make a bad pitching change. That's it's okay. true. It's true. Now, let me... Let me first uh, start off because I had to have you on the show because of you won't believe this but I have had Staphylococcus aureus can you imagine the humanity of that disease I am telling you it was the worst thing that ever happened in my life it started out uh, you know I'm like what are these uh, I got a couple sores on my calf and then the next thing I knew I had uh, abscess on my cheek of my rear the size of a half dollar and they dug in there and, and cleaned it out and when they did that I got MRSA and I had to have three operations 
over a year. It ruined a year of my life. I mean, to tell you, I went from being okay one day. The next day, I had 102 fever. I thought I was dying, and I've never been so sick in my life. And they told me about this Mersin. I'm like, what do you mean Mersin? Now, like, you know, two years later, I tell people that if you get MRSA, you are just literally going to have the worst experience of your life. This Staphylococcus aureus is the most vicious thing I have ever seen. And a lot of people say it's in hospitals and in clubhouses, and you even have been through it. And that's why I wanted to talk to you. I could care less about all the baseball because, you know, I hate the Red Sox, but we'll do that later. I just got to tell you that this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. It is, and I, you know, kind of went through something very similar to what you talked about. I went in for what I thought was a routine knee surgery, and the next thing you know, I'm battling for my life, and it, it kind of grabs you and, and gets a life of its own. And that's why I'm probably the, you know, the the right person to try to get this message out there. And that's why I'm working with Covidian and APIC, and you know, trying to get people to raise awareness so it doesn't happen to them because it doesn't have to happen, as you know. But I didn't ask any questions. I just kind of did what they said, and all of a sudden I'm in a hospital bed, really struggling. You know, I was I was a runner, and what happened with me was one day. I, I would run five miles every day and I, in the winter time like in Boston and New York it's snowing and stuff and icy and so I would wear those like you know baseball sweats that like keep the sweat in and keep you warm and I got an abscess and I'm like God I got this boil on my cheek and I'm like honey man I told my wife I go this thing is serious it's not a zit it, this is like an ingrown hair or something so I go down to this clinic and they said we gotta get this out immediately they dug it out and I swear to you Terry Francona that 30 minutes later I was I was sitting there with a 102 temperature. They transferred me to a hospital, and less than three hours later, I was under the knife having the first surgery in my life. And then I proceeded to tell you, like I did earlier, I had two more. They put a crane in me to get to get this disease out of me, and I was on every drug you can name trying to fight this disease off. I thought I was going to die. Well, I joined the club, and that's again, that's why I'm trying to be so involved in this, just to raise awareness because it doesn't have to be that way. But like you say, it can, you know, it can happen in surgery. You can step on a piece of glass; it's everywhere. And it, and if you don't, you know, you go to the doctor, and if you don't ask questions, you're in the dark, and it doesn't make any sense. And you know, you just told me your story, and it's scary, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I went through something very similar, but it really doesn't have to be that way. So I'm out there trying to raise awareness to help other people. Now, the strikeout infection, I think it's a great cause. Now, let me ask you, because, you know, a lot of people, they're always telling me, like, when I went to, I went to, like, five specialists, right, from dermatologists to surgeons to infectious specialists and everything else, and they told me, literally, at least two of these famous doctors in New York, that you could literally breathe this in. Walking down the street, you can breathe it in your nose and get this infection. I'm like, no way. And I said, I had to have got it off of that instrument in that clinic. They said you can get it either way. Now, they've said uh, many times now lately, I've heard that it's in clubhouses, in these hot tubs and in these ice tubs. Have you had ball players get it in, on your clubs? No, fortunately we haven't. I know the Blue Jays went through some a couple of years ago uh, like that. Um, you know, our trainer, our medical staff, they try to be so clean and so aware. Uh, they don't let things lie around. Again, 
some of it's probably bad luck, but we really try to, to be clean and, and, and conscientious about what we're doing around the ballpark just because, again, it, I mean, common sense comes into play, but then you have to have some good fortune also. You know, this is incredible. Some of the numbers, according to the CDC, 99,000 Americans die of HAIs every year. That's uh, like 270 people a day. Um, they cost $17 billion annually to fight. Uh, 90,000 in Infected uh, by MRSA, 19,000 people died during hospital stays related to these infections. When you got it, uh, did they, uh, I mean, obviously they scared you, but you had to be scared for like your wife, you got four kids. It's very infectious. Uh, what, what did you go through with your family? What did they think you had? Well, you know what, Scott, when I first, when they first told me, you know, I had the staff in both my knees, I, I was so unaware of what was going on. I thought I'd take a pill or take some antibiotics and go home and be fine. You know, four surgeries later and some serious complications later, I'm struggling for my life and, you know, six weeks in a hospital and, you know, just, just really struggling. Uh, my kids rarely came down to see me because I looked so bad and, uh, it was a tough time. And again, you know, you talked about jogging a little while ago. I don't do that anymore, but, I'm lucky enough, I'm a fortunate person where I can do my job. Now, i got to get off my feet sometimes, but I'm, I'm able to do a job. But I don't feel like I did six years ago, that's for sure. It's crazy. We got Terry Francona on the Pharrell Show on Sirius. Uh, you know, the close skin-to-skin contact openings in the skin, such as cuts or abrasions, uh, the use of contaminated items and services, that's what they're talking about in, in clinics, hospitals. They're very dangerous now. You go to a hospital, you think they're helping you, and the next thing you know, their equipment, their tools, their... Uh, uh, the things that they use on people are what are carrying these staph infections. And uh, people don't realize how much uh, their skin, uh, every day, you don't even see it. You're like, you look at, you look at your body, you think everything's normal. But you have millions of dead skin cells that can be affected by this stuff. And it is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Except for, there's one thing I did see crazier in my life than, than these staph infections, Terry Francona. And that's clearly 2004 when you came back on the Yankees, down three to win four four straight, and then a couple years later, you win another one four straight. Now listen to this, Terry. Here we go. Vasquez to the set. Here's the pitch. Swing and a high drive to deep right. Back toward the corner it goes. Sheffield looking up. Grand slam. Johnny Damon with one swing of the bat is giving the Red Sox four more runs. They lead it six. To- and then you tell the guy to get a haircut and you ship him to the Yankees. I mean, how, what are you, the smartest guy in the world? You know what? That, that sounds good. I never get tired of hearing that. That 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 voice of Joe will never get old. Listen to those highlights. I appreciate what you've done with that club. Can you compare what this year was like? Once you already had one, and you're like, all right, this is old hat. But you really knew you had a special team this year because you fought everybody off. You stayed in first forever. The Yankees made this huge charge, and then you went through the playoffs like nobody's business. You know what? They were vastly different teams. Uh, I kid all the time and tell people the decibel level in the 07 clubhouse was a lot lower than the 04. The personalities were different, but the way they played the game was exactly the same. And I think I think a big part of how, your success is how you handle frustration. You know, it's such a long season. You get knocked around sometimes and guys get beat up, but these guys handled frustration. And you know what? I was I was proud to say I was their manager. It was a fun team to be around. Were you, uh, do you think that the Patriots are more popular or the Red Sox? Because I know that town. Which one 
do you honestly believe they love more? The baseball team, which I believe they do, that Fenway, there's something about it. And the, the Patriots won all those Super Bowls. But you guys know, Terry, you're still cooler than the Patriots, right? I'm going to tell you something, Scott. You know what's pretty amazing right now? It's not just the Patriots. I mean, it's the Celtics. It's the Red Sox. The, the, I hope the fans in Boston realize right now what, you know, the, the period they're going through. It's exciting. I mean, I, I'm a big Celtics fan. I mean, I'm not going to miss the, the Patriots game. It's fun to be a, a Boston sports fan right now. All right. I got a couple more questions, and then I'll let you go. I know you're busy. A, was Dice K worth the money that you guys spent? And do you think he will be? Because that was like, I'll never, I've never seen it. A negotiation where you had to, if any of it's true, pay fifty million just to talk to him, and then you sign him to this huge deal. What do you think of his future? And did, do you think it was the right move to make? Obviously, I think he had a great team that won the World Series. But what do you think of him and what you guys went through to get him? Well. To be very honest, I wouldn't have wanted to have to write that check, but I'm appreciative that our ownership did because you can't get pitching out there. And bringing him in, I, we're all, I think we're hoping he's going to kind of mirror Beckett, you know, kind of come into the league the first year, you know, win 15, 16 games, but maybe not reach his potential, then come back next year and the year after and be a stud. And I think that we're probably not out of bounds to expect that. You know, I uh, I can't agree with you more about, like, these guys. Like, Beckett, I was in, in Miami in 03 when he carried – the uh, Marlins past the Yankees, and he was a horse then, and he's even better now. He's just a stud. And last but not least, I got to mention Euclid. What a horse. You know, guys like him. I watched Jason Veritek play baseball at Georgia Tech a long time ago in Atlanta, and I never dreamt that I'd be looking at him and Garcia Parra, what they did with their careers, and where he is now Veritek. And Euclid reminds me so much of him. Down and dirty, physical, intense, a gamer. He's nuts. Uh, I mean, everything about it. You've got all these guys. That's the reason you're winning titles. You've got these, the makeup of these baseball players. And I think it's driving everybody else in baseball crazy. Well, that's okay with me. We do. I agree with you. We have a good mix. We have some youth. We have some kids. We have some veterans. But the one thing, they like to play baseball. And when you're the manager or a coach, you really appreciate it. And I'm, I don't try to hide the fact. I'm pretty crazy about these guys. That's okay. Hey, all right, Terry. Everyone needs to learn more about uh, Stavlikakis, Arias. All right, I will see you at Yankee Stadium soon, and I'll say I'm Pharrell from the Howard Stern channels. I'm the guy that had the uh, staph infection on my ass cheek, and you'll remember me forever. Don't let that thing come back in your life. I hated it. I don't want to ever see it again. Happy New Year to you, uh, Terry Francona, your lovely wife and your four kids, and all the very best to you, and I hope the Yankees beat you this year. See you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. See you, Terry. Great having you on. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Good job. Terry Francona on the Pharrell Show. Check it out. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. 
we can laugh, man. We we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now we go to this segment with Sparky Anderson from October of 2006. You got to be kidding me. How do you land Sparky? Well, it's because Pharrell on the Bench rules, baby. That's how you get Sparky Anderson. Everybody listened to the show back then, and everyone everywhere listened. All the players, managers, when they left the stadium after games, they'd hear Pharrell on the radio, and they all knew that I was a badass. They knew I was cool. Guys like Sparky, I'm like, Sparky, you're my boy. I got to get you on the bench. He's like, I got you, Pharrell. So we talked a lot about everything. Daryl Evans, even Corey Lytle's plane crash, talking about those Detroit Rock City Tigers. We are chilling the most, like you read about, with the legendary manager of the Detroit Tigers, Sparky Anderson, on the FOTB pod. Get some. How awesome is this? Pharrell hanging out with Sparky Anderson. you got to be kidding me. The Hall of Famer, the legend, the guru, Captain Hook, three World Series crowns, back-to-back with a big red machine in the 70s. I remember it like it was yesterday, 75, 76, and then 84 with those Tigers. In Motown, unbelievable! I can't even believe it. I may have a stroke just thinking about it. Sparky, you were just a rock star on the Pharrell show. Sparky, I was talking to uh, Daryl Evans the other day, and uh, he was in my studio, and we were talking about your '84 club. What, what did you think of that club? And obviously, uh, Evans and the guys that were on it. How much similarity do you smell between what Leland's putting together with this team, winning five straight? They're hot. As to when you guys just were so hot, I remember that year when you won all the games at the beginning of the year and it was like 35 and 5 it was just crazy and I look at Leland and he reminds me so much of you I don't know how many people say that to you but it's like uh, it's like I'm watching you uh, all over he's again better looking than me <laughs> no he's not <laughs> no you know um, to be honest we had a, a very good ball club on the field. We had Morris, Petrie, and Wilcox. And then we had Hernandez and Lopez in the bullpen. But, you know, this club here, I, I, I'm going to be very honest. This club reminds you, and if you think about it, it reminds you of the 69 Mets. It reminds you of the 70 Baltimore Orioles. It reminds you of the Oakland A's. It reminds you of, of the great Dodger pitching staffs. And, you know, when you're in that class like that, this this pitching staff is so far above the other 30, uh, 29 teams. they got 30. The other 29 teams, that in a way, it's not really fair. How do you look at that uh, move Leland had? Sparky Anderson with us on a For All Show on Howard 101 on Sirius. The move that he made with the DH last night, here's a guy that was on waivers twice this year, and then Leland sticks him in there last night, and the guy has the game of his life. Well, you got to remember this now. First of all, so that there isn't any mistake, Jim Leland knows what he's doing. 
you know, he don't just lay in bed at night and invent these things. He knows why and how he's doing it. And the secret is, I have never seen any coach in any sport, you name it, you get the sport you want. No manager or coach, we'll call them all coaches, will ever win anything. It'll be the players. But he knows what he's doing with his players. See, that's the big difference. It's not that he he's not going to win nothing. Hey, Sparky, what was it like in Cincy having that machine, and how did you have to manage a club that deep? We had no pitching. You did, but, I mean, how did you go day-to-day, just let them do their thing when they got so good that nobody could dance with them? I remember how no, incredible no, they were. No, 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 no. That might have been the roughest of all clubs with the great players. Got no pitching. <laughs> you know, we we used to get beat by clubs like Montreal, who was the last place club, San Diego, who was the last place club, and the other. Why could they beat us? And the coaches used to say, "How can they beat it?" I said, "Very simple. Hey, we can't. We can't pitch." Tell me about uh, the egos. How did you deal with the superstar egos in the day, as compared to like uh, a guy like Leland today that has to do it? And- and a guy like Amaka that has to do it. He doesn't have those kind of egos. You had him on that team. I mean, certainly no, they were no. superstars. No, no, you have to remember, uh, we had guys that were totally, okay, they were so professional that the stewardess used to always tell me, yeah, we'd go on a ship and here they'd come. They'd come up and say, you know, Mr. Anderson, we just want you to know, I we have never had a ball club on our trips that is like your club they are so good about everything so I said uh, can I ask you girls a question and they said well sure I said isn't that the way they're supposed to be you know, I, I think I remember back to George Foster. I remember watching him crack 50 home runs. What do you think of that? Like when you see a guy like Ryan Howard now in Philadelphia, uh, what kind of numbers he put up in the long ball and what kind of season he had, and as opposed to the power hitters when you were managing? Well, he's uh, no question. George had great power, but George had a big ballpark. They all, if you check, look at every one of the new ballparks, except at Detroit and left field. But right field, let's just <laughs> see you later. But every ballpark today is made for fly balls to be home runs. And uh, the reason for all that is very simple. They want home runs for the fans. Now, they got a ball that that I'll tell you the truth on it now. You go to sleep at night, and if you live five miles from me, I'll go to sleep, and I'll wake you up because that ball will be snoring. (laughs) Listen to Sparky. What do you think of uh, some of these kids, like Granderson, Monroe, Brandon Inge? He's another kid I like watching play baseball. I'm surprised kind of how fast they've developed. I mean, from the get-go this year, just bang. They were winning games, and they got that confidence going and all of them seem to become better major leaguers by the all-star break forward they were just a different group they seem like they'd aged yes 
I agree with you. Uh, they just came on that young center fielder, though. Let's, let's choose him number one. So that number, that center fielder, he's going to continue to progress to get to a point where he's going to be at a very high level. Sparky Anderson with us on the Verona Show. Take me to uh, 2000 when you got into Cooperstown. How special was that? Well, you know, I, I I'm going to be truthful with you there too. I that okay. I, I don't want to be sound crazy, but that's not my life. I appreciate that. Why is no. that? Why you just did, you had done? It was more. You were more into managing than worrying about accolades and awards. Yes, and not only that, I'm more into what this whole thing is all about. You know, I came from Bridgewater, South Dakota, a town of 600 people. Uh, that's very important to me. Uh, that's where I was raised. Sure. You know, that, that what, what does the other do for you, you know? Yeah, you know. And Can I eat it? So I can't eat it. When, when you stopped uh, managing, when you were done with baseball, did you go back to South Dakota? Where did you end no. up? No, no. I'm here in California and always will be living in the same house 40 years. And that's the, that's the difference maybe a lot of people don't know about me, that I'm not a rah-rah person. Somebody asked me, would you go to the World Series? I said, no, I wouldn't go to the World Series. He said, well, why? I said, let me ask you this. If I go to the World Series, will they want to talk to me? What if the what if the Tigers asked you to throw out a first no, pitch or come no. back? Would you would you blow that off? No, it's not blowing it off. It's that this is Jimmy Leland's year, and it's their time, and he deserves all of that. This will be either Tony Russo or Randolph's. They deserve that. Hey, Sparky, what what do you remember about when Thurman Munson died and and what happened yesterday in New York City here and in Manhattan with Corey Lytle. Could you... Well, could, I, I can't quite understand. You know, it, I guess they're talking now that the, the plane uh, stopped for a little bit. I couldn't understand what is he doing in Manhattan. Yeah, they were flying around uh, the East River. I, it was the worst day. The rain was horrible. It was foggy. It was drizzly. The clouds were thick. I'm still trying to figure out who in their right mind would have gone up in that small of an aircraft on a, on a weather day like that, it was yeah, just the saddest thing. I don't thing. know the guy that's in charge of that. You know, it's just it's sad. sad. It's, it's sad when we lose a, not a baseball player. I don't care about that stuff. It's sad to lose a person. That, so, that to me was so important. The baseball people ask me, well, what about? I said when I said I walked away, I walked away. That's it forever. Do you think that? Steinbrenner did the right thing in keeping Torre again for next season? Well, I'll tell you what I did. I told my wife, I said, you know, Joe's not going nowhere. He'll be back. And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, if you know George, and I said, you like him, you happen to like him, and I said, I happen to like him. I said, if you know George, let him rat and rave for two days. Don't say a word. Who would you say that... And then he'll come back and say, no, I ain't going to make no change. <laughs> who, would you, who would you say that you, you have your fondest memories of as either a player or one of your assistant coaches over the years that meant the most to you as you look back? 
I probably would look back at Rod Dado, the uh, UFC, University of Southern California coach who won. They voted him the greatest college coach in 100 years. That's not bad. You know, Tony Gwynn was on here the other night, and he's coaching San Diego State. Uh, and I remember uh, hitting 300 and every year and just huge numbers and everything. And then the day he retired, he went down and started coaching San Diego State, and he just kept staying in baseball and did it. He, he's coaching college. Uh, I just think it's incredible how cool that guy's become as a player and then now coaching college kids. I, I really look up to that guy. What did you think of Tony? Tony Gwynn as a player, and then I wanted to get your reflection back on Daryl Evans. Do you think he should be managing in the majors, or do you think that people have kind of you know, rubbed I, him out? I, I don't think you, you I, truthfully, I don't believe you ever can predict who should manage in the major leagues. Really? I, if anybody can tell me who, if this guy can be a major league manager, I'll tell you what he, I can tell you. If you give anybody, I don't care who it is, you name anybody you want. You give them a great team, and they're going to win. I believe that. Sparky, listen, I love talking to you. Enjoy the rest of the ALCS and the NLCS and the World Series. It was a thrill having you on the two-time manager of the year, Hall of Famer, three-time world champion, Sparky Anderson. Sparky, all the best. Godspeed and uh, the best of health well, to you, you and your family. You get Jimmy and them through all this. I will. I'll do my best, Sparky. We love you. All right. Take it Thank easy, you. Sparky. Bye You're bye. the man. I love that. That was great. Sparky Anderson on the Pharrell Show. Shake it. Ooh. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. That was incredible talking to Sparky Anderson. Now I talk to my boy Chipper Jones in Atlanta. G yay 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 yay. The Hall of Famer, my second favorite player of all time. That's pretty lofty stuff. George Brett number one, Chipper Jones number two, both from that hot corner. Part one, he's talking about his love of. Shea Stadium, naming his kid after Shea Stadium, his love of fishing and hunting, how disappointing it is when other teams' fans fill the Braves Stadium. And then in part two, he talks about spending his whole career in Atlanta playing for Bobby Cox and switch hitting. Here we are on the FOTB Retro Pod talking to the Hall of Famer Chipper Jones. You got to love it. Chipper, 
What's happening? What's shaking, dude? It's Pharrell. Doing all right? Hey, I don't remember if you uh, go way back when I was in Atlanta. I did like I lived there three times. I lived there in '99 or wait '94. I worked at CNN. '99, I did the Thrashers play-by-play. And then their first year. And then uh, 03, or was it 04? It was 04. I went back there and did an FM station. But, dude, I got to tell you, man, I mean, my wife hated it there. But, man, I used to just love watching you play baseball, dude. You're one of my favorite baseball players I've ever seen in my life. To watch you day in and day out, dude, you're just a freak of nature, switch-hitting pimp. Well, I appreciate it. We're going to have to get you back in Atlanta because them boys on Sports Talk down there. <laughs> they're boring. They don't, like, they don't like me too much. So uh, They're, uh, they're a bunch of get, femmes. We need to get you back in Atlanta. But we miss you. It's uh, It was always nice listening to you on the radio. I listen to as much Sports Talk radio as I can. Dude, it was hardcore when I was there. I broke all the rules. I was always in trouble. Some boss yelling at me. Man, which I can't. Is, which, I, is, which is probably why you're not there anymore. Yeah, all the uh, troublemakers end up here on satellite. We're on from, where do they say, Lou, from the Panama Canal to the Arctic Circle? They even love you in Canada now, Chipper. Right. Hey, uh, um, so uh, can you think back on your career, man? Can I can't even believe you're going to be, and I hate to do this to you, but I'm getting old too, Chipper. I'm 41 now. I got a kid like you. I got a son, Gunner, and I got one on the way in the oven, and she's going to have another baby. Can you believe, what are you turning 35 this summer? Or this turned, this April, uh, right now, like this month. Yeah, I turned thirty five in April. I have I actually have four little boys, nine, six, two, and one. Jesus, I didn't know you had what do you got? You got a whole roster now. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about being all time center on the Jones family basketball team. <laughs> Dude, man, I saw pictures of you uh as a kid uh, playing little league in Deland, right? Is that where right. you grew up? Right, most of there, yeah. I can't imagine. Can you think back that far when you were just a little runt playing and your dad was helping you uh, going to Babe Ruth tournaments? And uh, I mean, I can't even imagine that you can believe what's happened to your life and your career, dude. You're, I mean, well, you're bound for Cooperstown in my book. I will. Well, I appreciate that. That's the, the ultimate compliment. But uh, I can, I can do you one better. I can actually remember me being. Uh, four years old and having the conversation with my mom telling her that I was going to play in the big leagues one day and uh, I just always knew that this was what I wanted to do. My father was a huge baseball man. He was drafted by the Cubs uh, back in the day and never got to play professionally but was always a baseball man, uh, baseball coach either at the high school or collegiate level and uh, it was just you know all of our Fair time was spent in and around a baseball field. It's just always what I wanted to, what I loved working out and loved playing. Did you name your uh, kid Shay because of your domination in that park up here in Queens? Is that true? I, I did. I didn't name it because of the. <laughs> I didn't name it Shay because of the domination. I would never disrespect the uh, Mets fans or the or the organization by doing that. I will. Uh, I actually hit my first home run in that stadium, and as as you know. We've had some epic battles over over my time in Atlanta with the New York Mets and um, Shea Stadium. You know, contrary to popular belief, is you know it's one of my favorite places to play. Not because I've had success there, I just enjoy the atmosphere. You know, it's a fun atmosphere to play in.
Yeah, with the planes flying overhead. They're building a brand new stadium. I went yesterday to Yankee Stadium opening day, and I go like 40 times a summer. When I was in Atlanta, I used to go to 40 or 50 games a year. Uh, you remember, you know, the, does Derek Schiller still – he's he running the Braves, right? Isn't he like Mr. Big Shot with the Braves? Uh, it seems like I've heard his name. He's the, I, think he's, I think he's the head of marketing. He hired – his dad, Harvey Schiller, hired me with the Thrashers. He was running like Turner Sports at the time, and I was like – at that time, I was working for Stan Kasten, and now he's Mr. Washington Nationals. I think I took a picture by his parking spot at the in Vieira at spring training the other day. I went to watch the Mets play the Nats, and I mooned the camera in Stan Kasten's parking spot. I thought that'd be a good fo- photo for the for, you know over the fireplace. I'm sure Stan will appreciate that being the straight collar he is. Yeah, I got to send Stan that picture. Hey, uh, you guys are playing the Mets later this week, I think, after you get done in Philly, right? Yeah, we go home uh, home opening weekend there in Atlanta. Should be a, a awesome, awesome uh, atmosphere playing. You know, hopefully the the Braves fans will turn out. You know, there's going to be a ton of Mets fans there looking to uh, you know try and bounce back with another you know uh, good series against the Braves on the way to hopefully a division title. But we're going to try and uh, we're going to try and slow their roll a little bit and see if we can't. Uh, uh, beat up on a little, beat up on them a little bit here in the early season. We'll see. Chipper, they got all these great. When I lived there, the one thing I noticed was it's a great question. Is because when I lived there, I would go to all these great games. I would go to uh, playoff games with you guys. I would go to SEC championships in football and basketball. I would go to NCAA tournament games. I would go to NFL games to watch Michael Vick take on great teams from wherever. I'd go to Stanley Cup games. Uh, the they were never in the playoffs, but I would see great teams come through there, and I was always like, I can't believe fans don't appreciate how many great games. Like, I'd go watch Shaq and Kobe playing the Hawks, and no one would be there. I'd go to your games, and no one would be there. I'd go to playoff games with you, Chipper, and nobody would be there. And I, right. I just think it sucks, dude. And I know you'll never say anything bad about Atlanta, but you guys as players have to. That has to just get under your skin a little. Well, we've, you know, you, you, you see it enough, you, you get accustomed to it. I mean, that's just the, the way it is, whether you want to blame it on ticket prices or location of the stadium, whatever. I mean, the bottom line is is that we're relying most of the time on, on other teams' fans to fill our stadium. I can't tell you how many times we've played the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Mets or the Cubs, and there literally has been more – of the opposing team's fans there than ours. And uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it frustrates you a little bit because there's not much of a home field advantage, you know, come playoff time. But I will say this. We have a uh, we have a core of about twenty five to 30,000 unbelievably loyal fans that come fill up that stadium pretty much every night. Yeah, they know? do. And those – and that, and that core of twenty five to thirty thousand, they are as loud as they can possibly be, and they are extremely loyal. And and for for those fans, we are are truly grateful. It's a great stadium. Yeah, I don't know if you caught today on Sports Center, they were showing the Renneria shots, and Buchigras yelled "shake it!" Ooh, when he hit the second one, because we had him on my show last night here. We were like, "You got to bust off a shake it up," and he goes, "All right, I'll do it when Renteria hits that second shot to win the game against the Phillies." We often hate the Phillies here. Dude, we, I mean, we just fucking hate him dead. And when he hit that shot, now that was just awesome. I don't know if you caught it, but he belted out or shake it up. Renteria is a badass. Tell me about him and tell me about two other things. Hudson's a horse and Bob Wickman's beer gut. 
<laughs> well, I'll start with the Wickman part. Uh, he's he is one of the most colorful birds you're ever gonna you're ever gonna meet. The guy is uh, uh, truly a, a great teammate. Uh, he's awesome at his at his job. Number one, but. He's been a great teammate. He comes up and gives me a beer hug and about puts a crick in my back every every time he does because my my body has to contort around his belly. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. About two weeks after he first got here, we're on the bus. I think we're coming home from Washington or something. And, you know, we had won a couple games in a row, you know, kind of a bright spot in a bad season. And, um, <laughs> you know, we're all kind of sitting there, you know, just laying back you know, kicking it before we get on the plane. And all of a sudden, this huge man, <laughs> naked man, walks up from the back of the bus, and he's got a beer in one hand, and he's butt naked. <laughs> and every, he's got handprints on his ass, uh, you know, just welts. It's Wickman. It's Wickman. It's Wickman. And every guy that he passes is just slamming him on the butt, you know, and he's got these huge handprints. But that's just the way Wicky is. Lou, who was the guy that did the uh, – who told us that the story of the player that would stand on the team? Oh, it was that Eric. Burns. Yeah, Burnsy. Burns would yeah. stand on the team bus with his dick hanging in some guy's face. <laughs> but that was because because a, ro- a rookie, I think he was in the minors, a rookie took his seat and the rookie wouldn't get up. So Burns says, oh yeah, I'm five hour bus ride. I'm going to strip down naked. He's going to stand there and just hold on to the roof of the bus with his package right in this guy's face. Hey, so uh, now this kid, Renneria, we already knew he could play. I mean, there's a, guy, a lot of guys you got that are studs. He's a badass. Andrew Jones, you played with him now forever. Mm-hmm. He's a just watching him in center field is just it's just sick. I don't know what else you can say about him. He's just sick. And then yeah. this young kid McCann, yeah. he's I mean I remember the days when you were playing with Javi, and now you got this other young little bastard. He's a stud. Uh, you got a lot of young studs on that team, Chipper. You must be looking around going, you know what? We we actually can get back to where we're used to being this year. Well, I don't think there's any doubt if if you know Smolsey and Hudson have good years, and somehow, some way, we can get uh, uh, Mike Hampton back in the rotation and healthy. You know, this team's going to score some runs, and you know, we we won 79 games last year, but we blew 29 saves. All right, so we played well enough to win in that 95 to 100 win range, which puts us right in the in the thick of things. Now that we've, uh, you know, replaced some of the relievers that we had last year with Mike Gonzalez, with Rafael Soriano, Wickman for a full year, I dare say I don't think we're going to blow the 29 saves this year, which puts us right back in the hunt. People aren't giving us much of a chance. But uh, I think I think that's a mistake. I think we're going to win a lot of ball games this year. I'm not saying we're going to win the division. I'm not going to say we're going to win the World Series. But I think we're going to contend. Yeah. Uh, right down to the end. I hope you do. Now, do you still like going? Uh, do you deep sea fish? I think you do. Don't you? Don't you get into fishing and going all and then tripping out and love catching fish and freaking out or what? I love fishing. I love hunting. I pretty much love anything out in the outdoors. It's uh, it's my refuse my uh, uh yeah, i can't think of anything i love better than getting out on the water or getting out or climbing a tree somewhere and just kind of enjoying nature is one of my favorite things 
hey, what about um, you're doing all kinds of stuff, like you do strikeouts for troops, but tell me about um, you got all these other foundations that you're in charge of. Do you get into that, or is that, bunch, is that a bunch of other people making you look good? <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, Chipper Jones Family Foundation is, you know, we do, we got our hand in a lot of cookie jars, not we don't have it in the cookie jar, but we're helping provide. We're helping provide <laughs> right. for a lot of uh, a lot of people along the way. Obviously, Stetson University down in Florida, their athletic program had a lot to do with you know my family. My parents both went to Stetson. My godfather is the head baseball coach down there, so right. I do whatever I can for them all the time. Any chance we get to uh, take care of the youth in and around my hometowns or Atlanta. Uh, boys and girls clubs, Camp Twin Lakes, all those things, you know, we try and uh, give kids a, a little bit better opportunity than they would have had otherwise. Stetson was a great uh, baseball school. I remember it when I was living down in Miami and everything. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash dunk to learn more. Can you believe, honestly, that they've had you there your whole career? I mean, that you've never moved and that you've just been this rock. And, I mean, you've been through all kinds of shit, but you've still stood there in Atlanta and been the face of that franchise. I mean, they've gone through everybody from Sheffield, all of them. They've all come and gone except you. I mean, that really is a statement about what you've meant to Atlanta, Georgia, and the Atlanta Braves. And, I mean, think of it. Go back to 95 when you're playing in the World Series, Chipper, in the biggest games of your life. You've been in the playoffs like 15 times. So I'll only bring up your World Series year because it was such a great year for the Braves. After all the frustrations and all the bullshit, you finally won one. But, I mean, your success is amazing and your longevity there. People don't realize in this day and age, your agent must be a hell of an agent to cut a deal with Sherholz, one of the best baseball guys around. You've been there your whole career, dude. It sounds to me like you're you're like Cal Ripken, dude. Well, it's funny you say that. Cal was the one guy that I looked up to when I was when I was coming up, and uh, I've been in a, a pretty lucky situation that um, you know, up until the last you know couple years, I've, I've I stayed healthy and I've been consistent. And uh, I think you know, general managers and managers will tell you they're going to take the uh, uh, the guy who's consistently 330 homers, 100 RBIs, as opposed to the guy who's going to drop. You know those kind of numbers every three or four years, and uh, you know, hopefully, I can get back to being healthy and playing 150 games a year. And I would love nothing more than to uh, end my career here in Atlanta. I was born into this organization. I grew up in this organization, and I've I've uh, experienced uh, uh, a lot of awesome moments uh, wearing this uniform. And I, it, it just wouldn't seem right if. If uh, I had to go somewhere else and, and play the game of baseball, I don't know if I could do it. I might just uh, 
take that opportunity to ride off in the sunset if that ever happens. Yeah, like Bernie. I'm up here in New York yesterday. They were the bleacher creatures were. Uh, we want Bernie. Gong, 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 gong. Can you imagine that he could just say, you know what? I'm not going as a non-roster invitee. I'm not going as a minor league invitee. I don't need to. Mi- I'm going to play my guitar and I'm going to chill the most. Can you imagine a legend like? Him? I mean, he's a legend here, dude, in New York City. I mean, this guy could walk down the street. He's like Jesus. And I mean, you're that way in Atlanta. I mean, the fans would go nuts if they got rid of you. I mean, they would go nuts. I don't even know what it would be like watching the Braves, really, without you. I mean, it would be a trip. Can you believe that he just kind of walked away like that and just, you know what, I don't need this? Well, I can just for the simple fact that, you know, maybe he feels the same way I would feel. You know, I mean, once you once you donned that one and only uniform for him, it's probably got to be worse because, you know, he's – He's played for the, you know, the the hallowed Yankees. You know, I mean, yeah. that's 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 ten times more uh, acclaim than I have playing for the Atlanta Braves because you play in the biggest city in America, and and uh, sports is so magnified uh, up here in the Northeast. So, um, you know, for him, I just I, I think anything else, probably, you know, just just wouldn't have done it. You know, I mean, I can't see him going to. I don't know, Baltimore right. or, or, you know, certainly you, you don't see guys who play for the Yankees go to Boston that much. You'll see guys who go to Boston go to the Yankees. <laughs> look at, know, look at Piazza. Time. Piazza went from the uh, match. He, he, was a, he was a savior here. Took him to the World Series in 2000 Subway. Then he went, what, Padres? Now he's A's, and he's switch hitting, or he's uh, pinch hitting. Let me ask you that. No, no but what do you want to ask him? A couple more so we can let Chipper get out of here. But uh, what's it like without Leo next to him? Um, a lot quieter. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as as far as Bobby goes, Bobby is the most straight laced cat you will ever meet in your life. You will never hear. You know, you might hear him swear every once in a while when he gets excited, but that's about the extent of it. You know, he's he's pretty much by the book, and you know, I think you 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 need to have a leader like that you know you don't need one of those guys who gets a little sideways from time to time you know bobby's bobby's loyal to a fault he's uh once you play yourself into this lineup is you really really got to play yourself out of for him to take you out um but he's you know i you were talking about me and some of the other players being the face of the franchise i truly think he is the 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 face of the franchise you know he's the one who started this turnaround as a general manager drafted me uh in 1990 as the general manager of this ball club and then you know he took over the reins managing and and john sherholz stepped in so he's got he's been the guy who started the turnaround here and then he handed the reins over to john and he and he ran with it so we have an awful lot to be thankful for to have good leadership yeah, no doubt. And on top of that, when you were a little kid, did that start where you were like out in the yard just swinging and you were like, you know what? It feels weird because I can do it too. I can switch it actually. Like in the drunken softball Pharrell League in Central Park, I can yeah. pull out the. I'm 6'3, man. I'm like, I am Don Baylor. I got so much leverage. <laughs> I am. I'm like, I'm a switch hitter. I'm, I'm busting off 340 chip a year. Everybody knows Pharrell's slugging percentage. It goes down in the books. But I mean, what was it like? Were you a little kid going, you know, this feels funky, but if I do it enough, Maybe someday I can hit from both sides of the plate. Or did your dad try to teach you that? Well, dad, dad was the guy who who taught it to me. His his man growing up was Mickey Mantle. Um, so he, you know, it was 
I I was destined to be a switch hitter. I'm a natural right-handed hitter, and I'm six, seven years old. We're out imitating lineups, you know, on Saturday afternoon out in the backyard and whenever. My team was the Dodgers when I was growing up, and whenever, you know, Mike Socia or or uh, Kenny Landro or Reggie Smith came up. Wow! I, I had to hit. I had to hit left-handed, and that's how I learned. Um, but having taken so many cuts over the years left-handed, it became my natural side, which made my right side drop off. When Don Baylor came in in '99, the very first day in spring training, he walked up to me and asked me what my approach was right-handed and I said well a lot of times they turn me around seventh eighth and ninth inning usually there's some runners on base and they need to get me out so I'm just trying to you know pepper singles hit balls into the gap whatnot and he <clears throat> didn't like that philosophy all that much dropped a, <laughs> dropped a couple four-letter words and he said you know what you're the number three hitter for one of the best teams in baseball he goes when you walk up to the plate I want you to a mass maximum damage with every swing. I want you to swing the bat with malice. And I, I think it was just a change in, in attitude, a change in aggression uh, from the right side that really kind of put me over the hump there in, in 99. You're a badass. Hey, let me ask you lastly, uh, what what's it really like with all the shifts they made you do with your positions? Like going from short and everything and then third, whatever, and then the outfield and like um, when you're out there, uh, have you Notice that it's funnier, like as a player, to hear some of the shit that goes on in the bleachers at stadiums. Like, I mean, some of the abuse that I see these guys take in the short parts and right in, in the Bronx. But I mean, anywhere it is, whether it's Shea, whether it's Dodger at Chavez Ravine, or whether it's out in San Francisco, or it is, it is way worse as an outfielder. <laughs> I know than it is as an infielder because you got some pretty expensive seats up there around the infield. Right, them, them two dollar seats out in left field, man, they go to anybody everybody <laughs> so what do they and, say uh, to you oh uh, well i mean everything geez. they blow you dish, don't they <laughs> it's it's pretty raunchy i mean you guys uh, i don't know if you guys can censor some of the stuff i don't I censor anything here i say anything goes no rules here what's the worst thing anybody ever yelled at you oh man i think i don't know why well, i, I had a, a little confrontation with a, a, a guy here at the hotel, and actually in Philly. And uh, big surprise! <laughs> by the time I got to the ballpark and came up for the for the first time up, there were guys, you know, out in the outfield asking me how the jailhouse food was here in Philly. And you know, I I didn't go to jail or anything, but they had already heard that I, had, you know, gotten into a little you know, whatever and and now they're you know, I'm I'm spending the night in jail and eating jailhouse food and whatnot and what's my wife and kids gonna do while I'm in jail serving my sentence and blah blah blah. So it it's it's really crazy. I give fans a lot of credit for being sometimes overly informed on what's going on in, in some of our personal lives. When you're in Miami, because I did 3 down there when they won the World Series, I went down there, I was doing a show in Miami in Morning Drive. Uh, next thing you know, I cut a deal with the Marlins, I do 30 games, I give 500 tickets to kids that never get a chance to go to the game. So for 30 games, I took 500 kids, and we sat right there and left in that short porch in, at you know uh, Dolphin Stadium. And you know that place, Chipper, there's no fans, there's 3,000 people there every night, it just sucks ass. One night we're out there, and, we, and Jeremy Burnett, I think, was playing for somebody... 
It was the Mets, and they were in town, and we had Jeremy Bernitz's a douchebag night. And then one night we had one night when you guys were in, we had John Smoltz's Jesus night. Did you know that uh, John Smoltz? When I did the Thrashers play-by-play, him and Glavin. Now Glavin was drafted, wasn't he? A hockey player by the LA by Kings. The LA Kings. LA now Kings, they yeah. came in and did my very first road game I ever called was against the Islanders at the Nassau Memorial County Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. Who and uh, Smolty and Glavin did the first period with me. I, I remember. So, like, watching you and left in that empty stadium, is there anything worse in life than standing in left field in Miami doing a baseball game for nine innings for four days in the middle? 95-degree weather. Is there anything worse? Um, no, because you can hear the guy yelling at you from over in right field all the way across the stadium. In Cuban. It's, it's crazy. I mean, it's uh, it, it's kind of like a spring training game. You know, it's, it's hard to get motivated to, to play down there. It's probably why we haven't played real well down there the last couple of seasons. Cabrera's a badass, though, and so is that uh, Anley Ramirez. Anley what Ramirez, a badass. Yeah. Hey, man, hey, stay healthy, Chipper. You're a badass. We'll love watching you. We'll check you out when you're in New York this year. And, uh, man, I just hope great things happen for you the rest of your career, and I hope you stay healthy and you can uh, put up some more big, huge numbers on your way to Cooperstown. You're a badass. Thanks for coming on. And uh, be well, my friend, and be cool. You're a institution in baseball and Atlanta. We loved having you on the Pharrell Show. I appreciate it, Scotty, and y'all take it easy, okay? Be cool. Chipper Jones right. gigging with us. How cool was that? I mean, how incredible is that? I mean, think about it. Who has a show that you listen to anywhere, ever, <laughs> that has a lineup that I just fed you on the FOTB Retro Pod, son? No one can tell you that they had a show in one day with Terry Francona with his two titles in Boston. And then you hang out with him, talk about everything with the Red Sox and everything, you know, that he's done and accomplished. And you think, how do you top that? And then you snag Sparky Anderson, for God's sakes. My boy Sparky getting all up in it. Talking about the Tigers. What a run. What a career. What a man. That's brilliance. It doesn't get any thicker than that, does it? I'm like, well, maybe it does. How do you top that? You go dig up Chipper Jones, Hall of Famer, and chill with Chipper and be like, what up, kid? Talk to me about your dominance of the Mets. Talk to me about owning the Mets. Talk to me about hunting, fishing, living in Georgia, playing for the Bravos, Bobby Cox, switch hitting. I mean, it doesn't get any better than the FOTB Retro Pod. I hope you're digging these shows because I know everybody else is. If you're not digging them, then you lose. Have a sandwich because you're in the way at this point. Shake out. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.